Should Roy Moore be shown the door? And should HIV transmission be criminal? Coming up today on The Point. And welcome to The Point, the only talk show bringing gay and straight men together to see what happens. Hello, everybody. Hi, Fred. Hi. Hello. Including hello. podcaster Leah Abrahams is back. There you go. Hello, hello. And, <laughs> and Jim is here, and She's Tito so is here, cute. and Zayd is here, and Doug is here. Yay. It's all very romper room, right? <laughs> um, but this is not very romper room. Maybe this is a bad segue. Yeah, that was like a weird. Really weird. But talking point number one, <laughs> God, more mm. is less. Mm. Okay, so Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore. They should not be equal on that screen. Well, okay. <laughs> well, here, well, that's uh, that's part of the that's discussion. A good question, yeah. Okay, so I don't know. Her. He has been. Uh, uh, he there are allegations from a number of different women that he sexually harassed, molested, attempted rape uh, women, girls as young as 14. I heard 13. Thir maybe, maybe 13. But like, okay. way so too young. So there are, and he's a Republican. He's running in a special election from the state of Alabama. Uh, he also has a history of uh, evangelical Christianity, homophobia, blah, blah, blah. He actually was, twice he was the head of uh, Alabama's Supreme Court, and twice he was thrown off the Supreme Court for not following um, state laws about putting the Ten Commandments in the courthouse. Um, he was against Alabama giving marriage licenses to gay couples, even though the Supreme Court said they had to. Now there are these issues, there are these sexual um uh, child sexual allegations. This is in the context of Harvey Weinstein and all the other sexual harassment claims that are coming out, including most notably Al Franken, a Democrat senator from Minnesota, also for a uh, comedian, comedian. Yep. Saturday Night Live. Um, there are a couple of allegations against him. Actually, allegations, he admitted to one of them after the woman came forward and said, yes, I did that, and I'm sorry, and I support an ethics investigation, blah, blah, blah. And the woman also forgave him in that particular yes. context and whatnot, so that's the, another now, thing the, of like... Uh, uh, question number one, and I think everybody's going to uh, agree on this. <laughs> Let's hope um, so. <laughs> should Roy Moore be allowed to stay on the ballot? No. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> ah, yeah. um, because there are people, uh, Trump um, said, well, <laughs> okay. well, he denied the allegation, so. Well, did you hear, Obviously did you hear that Trump just recently denied that it was him who said, grab her by the pussy? Yeah, yes. After admitting to it last year, he's just ah, come out recently camera, and said, though. that wasn't me. That's silly. Yeah. That's. He's done he it should anyway. just leave that one alone. Mm -hmm. I think I would think he would leave that alone. stop being surprised at the bar dropping. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're not. No. Yeah, well, we're not. There, there was a, a, I believe it's the state auditor of Alabama actually kind of gave, is giving Roy Moore a pass on this, and he's a Republican as well. Genius. Because 
Well, Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary. Yes. Mary yes, was a Last teenager. Act. Are you joking? Well, that's actually, no, I'm not joking. Mary had the baby uh, through other means other than sex. Right, that's it was immaculate. Yes. Isn't that the- That's, that's going against the Bible. I'm not, right, I'm not a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that Joseph and Mary didn't have sex. That's the whole point yeah, of the story. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's two points point to that. The there's that point, but there's also the point that it's a made up story that didn't happen. <laughs> that's <laughs> a, yeah. So, uh, that's but regardless, yeah. but regardless, if you your defense is either your, look what happened with something that was a made up story or look what happened where someone had no sexual contact whatsoever yes. you cannot use it regardless of what you're saying well, and, here. And also it goes against the Bible so why would you make a statement that goes against exactly what you're preaching professing yeah uh, Roy Moore also said and others have also claimed this as well that Roy Moore never dated an underage girl without the mother's permission so is he admitting to, genius there's a terrible mother in the picture so he's admitting it. Is that well, what this what is he now? Well, what he said was he doesn't remember dating an underage girl, but if he did, it wouldn't have been without the mother's permission. They're talking oh, a little bit too like much. that's like the OJ, if I did it defense. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah. It's exactly If I did difference. do it, I don't remember doing, but if I did do it, this is how I would do it. Uh, and I, he, uh, well, uh, I, the bottom line is that Roy Moore still has support. Of course. In Alabama. Yeah. Well, mostly Alabama. Um, among uh, evangelical Christians. And my, my theory and question about this is, is this a, a cultural thing? It's not a religious thing, because if you were truly religious, I you don't think- You wouldn't be for this. You, right. Is this a cultural thing? I mean, we, we all, uh, have this sort of stereotype about Alabama, but I, I uh, uh, and the Deep South. But I wonder, much like you know, you see, um, uh, like in the in the show Big Love, right? The Mormon compounds, right? There are modern Mormons, and then there are the Mormons who have child brides on these compounds, what, uh, whatever. I, I mean, I know that's a fiction show, but I wonder if. Good show. Mm -hmm. It's a it's good, a good show. show. Yeah. But I wonder if there is a culture in the Deep South where this is actually acceptable yeah. and, and in fact oh. seen as godly. I just, I wonder. Okay. I, um, I have a rebuttal to that or a, an explanation for why the evangelical Christians are still steadfast on keeping him elected. Um, because I come from a very evangelical Christian family, right? And I believe, uh, the, this is extreme, because I don't agree with this at all, but I believe that they feel like something's being taken away from them. Um, I feel like they think the world, North American culture at least, is moving ahead away from the church and uh, becoming more secular, and that probably scares them. That's probably something that they're not used to. They want to keep uh, the heritage, they want to keep the roots, they want to keep their beliefs going, and Great. by keeping an evangelical Christian uh, senator, what's his position? Well, he's running for Senate. Yeah, running, he's running for, for Senate. Senate. To have he's somebody running. in that position, he's running. Yeah, kind of keeps that culture, or I guess culture, I keeps like that thing. belief alive. I would but like it's the to, same thing that whips like up the racist base in the South as well. It reminds me of, of Trump. Yeah, exactly. Trump like, oh, well. you know, people, they keep, you know, women and people of color and people of different sexualities. What about white men? What about us? But keep America the way it used to be, right? And I think that's how they see it too. But aren't there better? 
um, messengers for that? Yes. You'd then hope Roy that they would. Moore? You would hope that they would hold the box. their elected officials up to the standard of their religion. But they don't. And and it's because I think they're just, they're feeling desperate that, as you said, that they're losing but, but their identity. Uh, I mean, it's look, at, yeah. look at Kellyanne it's Conway, for example. Like, she's not an evangelical Christian. Yeah, but her job is to. I understand that that's her whatever, job, is to whoever's paying But her. she basically said, and she has daughters. She basically said that it's better to have an alleged child molester in the Senate than a Democrat. Democrat. Yep. Well, this reminds me of women who voted for Trump. After him saying grab her by the pussy, they were all like, nah, but you know what? He can There's grab still this something pussy. about him that yeah. I want to keep elected. Like, this reminds me exactly yeah. of that. They want to keep his value, the core values that they believe is is within that more guy. Yeah. So you know it shouldn't be shocking. Sorry, sorry. It shouldn't be like shocking. The day a confessed sexual predator won the presidency is the day the bar couldn't go through the ground because it's so low. Yeah. Also, well, now it particularly has happy Roy Moore about is child. He's a predator of children. Roy Moore and Trump, actually, like Anderson <laughs> Cooper said, can take dumps on their desk and still have support. Okay, but I think here's it's beyond the, here's, rational okay, support. Okay, you saying so, why? And I understand. It's this a good is question. the mentality of people standing someone like being a fan. I want to point it out it doesn't matter what you do if you have somebody who loves you. No matter what you do, like you're gonna have conditional support. love. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. if Beyonce killed a kitten tomorrow, I would still love Beyonce, and she could never do no wrong. Like, how about if she was raping thing. little girls? Well, <laughs> because that's what. This but like, is. that's what standing mentality is. Like, they're so crazy in love with. You see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I almost missed it. <laughs> um, okay, that so they just don't so, care. So then it brings up the issue of Al Franken and Democrats. I want to chime been, in on this. Yeah. Uh, uh, if if. Is it hypocritical for Democrats to say down with Roy Moore, but then still stand by Al Franken? Yes. Yeah. No. And let me, you know, let's just point out a, a, a Democratic or usually left-wing hypocrisy is that either left or right-wing, like these, like the allegations are mostly coming from Hollywood, from California, which is a very blue area. Let's just say that, okay? And yeah, he's he's a Republican, but Moore is Moore. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, not Al Franken. It's just seeing, I'm not saying that stepping down should be the end of the punishment. Like that's not, like that's not sufficient. Like these are criminal charges and blah, blah, blah. One apologized, one did it. Good for you if you want to redeem yourself in the public eye. There's still a law that needs to be followed. Do you know what I mean? And the other thing is that the Deep South and everybody who's still supporting Roy Moore, who's threatened by secular, you know, ideologies spreading is the same people who vote for too many of another ideology coming into their borders. Like, they're, oh my God, what about the Muslims? And what about their like barbaric, what's it called? And, what the, and, and it's funny, because the left and the right, at least after 2001, completely threw people of color and Muslims and Arabs under the bus in terms of representation for exactly these things. This is a religion that chastises women, that you know, pro, you know is, is very okay, oppressive but, and but whatever. Al and here we are, looking at a child molester, the same people who are scared of Islam and scared of, we know who are saying, who are saying, no, the left too. Like, the Hollywood is a very liberal, what's let's it called? Not, but let's should, not for a second Al say Franken, that what Al Franken is accused of and what I he's dealing with is equal no, to. And that's that. why I think we that. need to be careful in, in all of these discussions yeah. in society. I don't just mean us, but but in society yeah. Yeah. of equating there's good, there's evil, there's nothing else. Like, 
There are shitty things that people do. There's scumbaggy things that people do. There are just like deplorable should not be allowed to be part of society things that people do. Like there are different levels of severity of what people do. And that and, should be recognized. And, yeah. and, and needs to be brought in as part of the discussion. And so then saying like, you know, what Al Franken is accused of and what he did you know, yeah, that's that's shitty. You know, it's kind of scummy to write a sketch where you you know have this beautiful woman kissing you and blah blah blah. But then when that woman forgives you and it's a different thing, I don't know if there yeah. are more allegations. I'm not saying let's just say like yeah, he's a great guy, he's perfect, whatever. Like let's deal with that situation as it is. Well, yes. But let's not pretend that it's equal to what Roy yeah. Moore is accused of. But who's of? doing that? Who's equating the two? The Republicans. Are yeah. they actually yeah. Republicans? Thank you for telling me. Did yeah. not know that. I think. I think. I think oh yeah, Al Frankenstein. How is, could I forget that yeah. tweet? Yeah. 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 Fruit, fruit, is, fruit. Is a very valid point. It's like you can't, you have to be able to separate the two, right? You can't say, well, you know, if we do all this with Roy Moore, well, how about Al Franken? No, Al Franken is a separate thing altogether. They all are. You have to deal with Roy Moore first and I be like, Roy Moore did like a very deplorable thing. Deal with that and then mm -hmm. separately. You know, deal with Al. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's part of a bigger thing. It's like the climate change thing. It's sort of like you have someone who says that climate change, a scientist who denies climate change, giving an equal amount of time to discuss their point as the people who say, the scientists who say that climate change is happening. That's 98% of scientists. They don't deserve equal time. It can't well, be presented how? equally. Okay. And that's a folly in how we okay. discuss but some now, of these things. But now we're even getting to the point where we're relitigating Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whether These are all different stories. One is a pedophile, the other one's a sexual harasser at work, and the other one is a sexual harasser at work and a president. <laughs> Essentially. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the, I which think one is worse? I think is the like, Bill Clinton thing, I mean, there were other allegations, but the Monica Lewinsky thing, and I don't want to go down the, the Bill Clinton rabbit hole, but the Monica Lewinsky thing was consensual. Yeah. yeah, but he was in a position of power. I, I, I understand that. I understand but that. But you're saying it's separate from sexual harassment or sexual assault. Like and unwanted it's sexual definitely assault. Definitely separate from a pedophile. From a pedophile. Okay. And yeah. we, that, and we definitely have to make those lines we, very clear. as yeah. a society, yes. have to. Yes. 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 Have to. Of course. And that's, and that, I mean, that's a little bit, I mean, it's, it's a lot more nuanced and I didn't really get into it and I won't get into that here, but that's a little bit kind of what I was alluding to when I was talking about how language matters in the other show about how, yeah. uh, you know, it, it is important to use words appropriately and when something is abuse and when something is violence and when something is whatever, you know, and, and that things aren't always equal and it's important so that we're able to discuss things appropriately and take proper course of action to be moving society in a positive direction. And, 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 and I, also, I also love this idea that Trump uh, brought up, which is if you did something bad but you admit to it, then you're bad and you should yeah. be punished. If you did something bad and you don't admit to it, you deny it, then you probably didn't well, do it. Then you probably didn't do it, yeah, yeah. which I think is a horrible message to send <laughs> well, to I think it's society and to children, uh, but I think everyone, yeah, ev yeah. everything he does mm. is a bad, anyway. In case we weren't talking about serious enough topics, um, coming up in a second, we have Richard Elliott, the executive director of the Canadian HIV AIDS Legal Network, and he will be here right in a second. Right back. We'll be right back. Right we'll be here this. soon. And now it's time for talking point number two. Is it a crime? And as promised, we have a special guest today, Richard Elliott, the executive director of the Canadian HIV AIDS Legal Network. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Glad to be here. Nice to meet you, Richard. Um, and I, 
we invited you on today um, to talk about the issue of HIV criminalization. Um, and you had said this is really good timing because World AIDS Day is coming up and your, your organization, in connection with other organizations, is releasing a statement around this. Right. Um, this actually started coming up as a topic. Tito and I were discussing this a few months ago when there uh, were news stories at least in the Toronto area, about someone who was being charged with purposefully um, infecting other men uh, with HIV. And then we had talked about it, and I mentioned this to another friend of mine who uh, is HIV positive, and he was saying, because I thought, uh, truthfully, I, I, I thought this is a good thing. Of course, this guy should be you know, because he, he went about and he lied to people and... Mm -hmm. Well, those are the allegations, right? Now. Right. Yes. Allegations. But then this other friend of mine who was HIV positive said that, no, 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 there's a lot wrong with this law because he, as somebody who is HIV positive, has to go through all these steps before he ever connects with somebody. Like, he actually texts people... Um, even if he doesn't have their number, he'll ask for their number and text them to say, I'm HIV positive, just so that there's, there's a, record. a record that wow. he disclosed. Um, what, what are the legal issues here? So in Canada, the charge that is most often laid is aggravated sexual assault. So that's one of the most serious offenses in our criminal code. Carries maximum penalty of life in prison, and if you're convicted, mandatory designation as a sex offender, presumptively for life, but at least 20 years. Uh, the charge is laid in a number of cases, over 200 cases so far in Canada, and actually it's worth remembering that the majority of those cases are ones in which there's been no actual transmission of HIV. The majority of cases are based on an allegation of exposing someone to what is perceived to be too high a risk of so, transmitting so HIV. Yeah, what is the law there? Is the law transmitting it? Because I mean, like, no, or is this like attempted murder versus murder kind of idea of like it's like you didn't no. actually do the thing, right. but so the, you were, the, the supposed the supposed threshold in the law is that there has to be a significant risk of serious bodily harm, and if there's a significant risk of serious bodily harm, then the duty to disclose that you have HIV arises. So what the court has said means that means is if there's a realistic possibility of transmitting HIV then there's a duty to disclose. If there isn't, then there is no duty under the criminal law to disclose. As now, a phrase, it sounds like everyone needs to disclose. Uh, well, the way no medication, gets, no preventative measure is 100%. Well, actually, no, that's not true, because okay. actually the science has evolved, and this is part of the problem with why the law is too broad hmm. um, in the current formulation. Because on the face of it, it sounds like, okay, well, maybe if there's a realistic possibility of transmitting, it's not unreasonable to say someone should disclose in that circumstance, but when you look at how that's actually been interpreted and applied, it's hugely overbroad in our view. So, like I said, in most of the cases, there's been no actual transmission. In a large number of cases, there's actually been, if you look at the science, no significant risk of transmitting HIV. So we have people, for example, who have been prosecuted and convicted, even though they had an undetectable viral load, mm -hmm. which we know now means the risk of transmission is effectively There's zero. zero. Mm -hmm. And yet people Almost are like still being having. prosecuted and convicted for mm -hmm. not disclosing in that circumstance. Why? So there was no intent to transmit, there was no transmission, and there wasn't even a realistic possibility of transmission, and yet people are still being prosecuted and convicted. Same goes with people who've used condoms, for example. There's been no transmission, there's been no intent to transmit, and in fact, I would suggest that if you've used a condom, you're actually following standard public health advice, right. and you're exercising that responsibility of trying to prevent transmission. Mm -hmm. And if you've used a condom properly and it hasn't broken, there is zero risk of transmission. 
the virus does not pass through latex, and yet still people are being convicted for this. So why is this Question. happening? Uh, when they say uh, a real reasonable possibility or whatever, are there numbers attached to that? Because uh, well, then when you say real, yeah. and I'm like, well, I mean, condoms have, you know, 99% effective or whatever written on them, like medications are taken with, you know, what a, like a, a preventative medication prep and all that stuff, and even viral, like, uh, ARVs, medications in general are, they don't all come with guarantees that you're 100% great. So the science... So the law as written yeah. sounds like it's... Be as sure as you want, as long as there's reasonable doubt or, you know, whatever, which is up to theatrics, basically. Well, and you see actually a lot of variability in the court cases, right? So you yeah. have people, depending on which prosecutor is prosecuting the case, what kind of scientific evidence happens to be brought kind forward, biases they have. Um, what kind of biases there are on the part of the judge that's hearing the case. So you see, actually, if you look at the 200 plus cases that we know of so far in Canada, which is one of the highest rates in the world, by the way, um, you see actually people who have been accused of basically doing the very same things with completely different outcomes, you know, yeah. acquittals in some well, cases, convictions in other. Yeah. So there's a problem with consistency. There's also a problem with the justice system actually not really giving adequate weight to the science that we have. And so you have cases where you've got scientific experts who come forward and have said, you know what, in this case there was no realistic possibility of transmission and that's great and we've seen some acquittals in those cases. But if you don't necessarily have that, then people are still being convicted. Just to, to clarify, um, let's say somebody does lie or there was a case in the UK of some guy who was going on Grinder. he was using condoms but it turned out he had pinpricked the condoms beforehand. Is that That's intentional. criminal? So, or, and like should that should be, be criminal? I mean, that to me, I mean, well, as somebody I, I, who's not, this is why I'm like asking. I, I just, criminal. I want to make a distinction a clear between line, yeah. 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 Like intent to, like, right. like purposely trying right. to infect someone versus... It's pretty important, right? And yeah. it should be in the criminal yeah. law. Yeah. Um, Sounds like our criminal law generally, aside from like the HIV context, the mental state of the person and their mental culpability is relevant, right? So the usual consensus, and it's the consensus of organizations across Canada and pretty much internationally, is that in those cases where you've got actual transmission of the virus and there was an actually an intent to transmit, then those are legitimate cases in which the criminal law could be used. But in Canada, we've gone way beyond that fairly rare set of circumstances. Let's be clear, that case is pretty rare. Right? It's rare, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's not and yet, as that's likely the as a serial of, killer. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. the kind of thing, though, that drives a lot of this discussion, right? right? Is that so impression like of that case? Now, I, I know that you didn't write the law. In fact, you're fighting the law. But, trying to get it narrow. Right. Um, why would this law have been written this way to begin with? Well, so there um, is no actual written law specifically about this in Canada. Unlike some other jurisdictions, like in a good number of U.S. states, uh, where they did adopt HIV-specific criminal laws driven largely by fear and stigma and misinformation, especially in the early years of the epidemic. Um, in Canada, there was no HIV-specific law. And so what evolved over time was that prosecutors were taking other offenses that are in our criminal code and throwing them at the wall, basically, and seeing what would stick. And in the end, the Supreme Court of Canada in the late 90s dealt with this for the first time and said, yes, you can get a conviction under certain circumstances for this offense of aggravated assault or, as is now more commonly laid, uh, aggravated sexual assault, which is even more serious offense. Um, but they were clear in that case to say there has to be some degree of risk and we're going to set the bar at significant risk. And if there's a significant risk, then you have to disclose. Below that, we're not going to say that it's appropriate for the criminal law to apply. But the way it has actually played out 
that bar has proven in practice to be really, really low. And so when, it's been quite simple for prosecutors to get. Are there when was that, attached to well, that? Well, I have that question too, but when, when did that law, like when was that case? Like that when decision was in 1998 from 98. the Supreme Court of Canada. Yeah, and then uh, five years ago in 2012, they revisited it, and that's when they said if there's a realistic possibility of transmitting HIV, that's the same thing. And so then the question became, well, when is there a realistic possibility of transmission? And in that case, based on the facts, the Supreme Court was, say, was only willing to say definitively, if you've used a condom and you have an undetectable viral load, so like you're wearing a belt and suspenders, <laughs> then there's no risk of transmission and uh, there's no realistic possibility of transmission. So in our view, that's overkill uh, and doesn't really give weight to the science that we have, right? I, I, Either of those things should suffice to and, and preclude me? you from being a criminal. I, I, re I remember, I mean, I, I, I was in high school and university in the early days of AIDS and I remember same-sex messaging, you know, from public health and the community and all that. And I remember being taught you assume everyone's positive. You know, you wear a condom, because it doesn't matter what they tell you, they could be lying, they could not know. Yeah. You protect yourself. So you take responsibility upon yourself. That's a good yourself. message at the time. Ye yes. And, and it's and still a good message. I don't think we've ever gotten that. <laughs> yeah. it's, and, 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 I, I didn't learn about that. No, I, I mean, I wonder if that's a generational thing, but I, I also so. wonder how does the law, the way it's meted out now, does it seems to me and agree or not that it's taking away like as the negative person what's your response I have responsibility to protect myself absolutely and and that's part of the concern I mean there's the cases of individual injustice that we're aware of right where people are being prosecuted when there was no harm done there's no transmission they didn't intend to transmit in some cases they've even taken those precautions safer sex precautions so why are they being prosecuted in the first place it's just like an angry HIV person. Stigma. HIV stigma so, so and is, desire is, for revenge. Is, is somebody like is the is somebody saying like okay so uh, I have sex with this guy. Uh, he I'm didn't negative. tell me, and I'm mad at him. So I, I'm I found out him. that he's positive. I didn't get infected. Yeah. But I found out he's positive, so I'm like complaining to, to. That happens a lot. Yeah. Well, it happens well. enough that it's a real concern. It's one of the major concerns for people living with HIV across this country. We hear regularly. You know, I could be accused of this no matter what I did. And this is why the, you know, the example you gave at the beginning about someone who texts uh, someone so that there's a record right. because they want to have some proof that they, in fact, disclosed. Yeah. But is it at this point, like with the trend of medications and things and how it's sort of going, that it still counts as being positive if you have an undetectable level? Well, you're still, you're still positive. You still have HIV. It's right, just but you're I mean, not like, posing any risk. But if there's no risk, sexually. does that really count you know what i mean like well do you still have to disclose if you have a low viral load i think is what you're asking yeah, well and that's question. and we say no you should not have to you should you certainly shouldn't be a criminal for not to yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it would be the same risk as me who doesn't to exactly to your hiv status like, should be irrelevant in that circumstance yeah. and yet we're still seeing this sort of operation of the criminal justice system and frankly that's rooted at a certain point in just hiv that's stigma, so weird right? like i feel like if i was hooking up with somebody who had it like i would want them to tell me even if i didn't ask them if they were that's right. what i think as well because then it determines maybe that person doesn't then want to c continue having sex with you afterwards yeah. right but what if there's they, no risk of transmission even still shouldn't that be their choice though yeah. you're technically more if they at want risk to continue of or not getting hiv from someone who thinks they don't have it well that's, and, and that's that an was my other question yeah, which is person, I, know, does, like, I would rather know. know that somebody but if you has tell it, everyone. even if they can't give it to me like i would still like to know but there are so let me ask you this what if what if you would rather not 
sleep with someone who's married and you ask them and they say, no, I'm not married, but in fact they are. Is that a sexual assault? No. Ooh. It's dishonest. I mean, they made you a it's cheater. But should it be a sexual wrong. assault? Okay, but should it be we a sexual assault? I don't think we're saying that it should be considered an assault. I just think right. it should no. morally be disclosed. Yeah, right. and that's I think what I'm really more more, But morality and legality, legality are different things. Morality. Yeah. The, the, so the, what is the law right now? Like, if, some, if I hook Everybody's up with somebody protected. People are likely to be nice. is on prep and like can't give it to me if he... If, some, if someone's positive and on treatment? I don't ask and he doesn't tell me. Well, if he's negative on prep, then... Sorry, if he's, not, if he's not he's on positive. anything, oh. but like, yeah, if he's positive and I end up getting it, but I didn't ask him if he was positive. Well, if there was a significant risk or a realistic possibility of transmission, then there would have been a duty to disclose. Okay. But how the law understands and defines that is the key thing. And from our perspective, that threshold isn't met if someone's on effective antiretroviral treatment because the risk is effectively zero. If you've used a condom, the risk is zero. Oral sex, the risk is so absolutely minuscule. It doesn't warrant criminalization. The, 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 the one other question I, I had for you is, uh, I know a lot of people who are, ne they say they're negative, but they were tested a year ago, two years ago, right? As far as they know they're negative, but they don't really know. That's so let's say, no, blah, blah. let's say I'm negative. I, I, I think I'm negative, but I'm actually positive, but I don't know it because I don't get tested. You didn't get tested. I have sex with you. Mm -hmm. um, you ask me, I say I'm negative. Right. You end up getting infected, mm -hmm. and this is how I find out I'm positive is because I infected you. Am I criminally, as the way no. it's, am I criminally responsible? No, you can't be criminally prosecuted for not disclosing something you didn't know. So, so but how can you isn't it, is it negligence to not to know? So, no, well, no because know. we don't normally case, criminalize then negligence. Then it's on you to but take precautions this, as the person, like, no, but, but, but I think that's what you're getting at. What I'm getting at is then, isn't this, dis, doesn't this discourage people, people from, from getting, getting tested? Absolutely, and that's one of the broader public policy concerns that we ought to have, right? Like, from a public health perspective, that's not good public policy. If you're discouraging people from getting tested, because once you find out that you have HIV, you're at risk of possibly being uh, but don't criminally you prosecuted. End up having all kinds of medical complications if you're undiagnosed for it. If you don't yeah. know about your status for yes, such a long right time. Yes, but not right away. Eventually. There's a window Eventually. where you yeah, don't six know. months or whatever. But there's, you a, there's a window. Yeah. No, there's but there's a, a lot of people. But you could be having sex with people within that six-month window. Which is why you want to encourage people to get tested, right? right? So you don't you, want to create right. another barrier to there people getting tested. There are a lot of reasons why people don't get tested. They don't want to know. They don't want to face reality. They don't want to deal with the medical. And now you're giving them one more reason not to get tested. And denial's a big thing. Of like just like no, that, well, that I don't know. I can't deal with really dangerous, and that's why I yeah. asked that question. Yeah, and that's a really good. That's, that's one good really good question. reason why we ought to be using the criminal law in a really really narrow restraint right. kind of way, right? So what is the law right now that you are trying to change? So the law right now is is people who, if there's a realistic possibility of transmitting HIV, then if you don't disclose, you could be charged and convicted of aggravated sexual assault. The question then is, so how should realistic possibility be understood and defined? So and that's what you're trying to define? Yeah, we're trying to, well, the, the courts have defined it and prosecutors have pushed for it to be defined in a really broad, expansive way, including a lot of circumstances that we say there is no realistic possibility of transmission. So you really should have a much, much narrower application of So the can law. you not just like, I mean, like, should shouldn't a bunch like, of numbers be associated yeah, with like it? Yeah, like last known tests like, for a minimum, like, threshold of viral like, load. Here are the levels, here is, Precautions you know. taken. 
Yeah, you know? all those factors should well, be part and, of and how you, we define And you outline a lot of that in this statement, right? Yeah. From the, the Canadian Coalition to Reform HIV Criminalization, which your organization is a part of. That's correct? right. It's a new national coalition, and we're launching this community consensus statement. Over 150 organizations across the country have endorsed this to say, look, there's a problem here. In fact, the federal justice minister last year on World AIDS Day said, there's a problem here with the over-criminalization of HIV. So now the question is, okay, you've been studying it for a year. What needs to be done about it? And we set out a number of things that should be done. And so what should be done? So we should be, uh, certainly we should not be criminalizing people in a bunch of circumstances where they're currently being criminalized. So for example, oral sex shouldn't be criminalized if you don't disclose. Uh, If you've used a condom, there should be no criminal prosecution. If you have an undetectable viral load, there should be no criminal prosecution. Uh, Even a low viral load under 1,500 copies per milliliter, the science that we have shows no transmissions in that circumstance. So the criminal law should at least exclude those things. We need proper guidelines for prosecutors uh, in every province across the country because right now, especially in Ontario, where more than half the prosecutions have happened, the really sort of zealous approach to prosecuting is actually what's been pushing the expansive interpretation of the law. So we need prosecutors to actually be reined in by attorneys general. Uh, We call in the statement after a lot of deliberation back and forth across the country for the federal attorney general, the justice minister, to amend the criminal code and take this out of the realm of sexual assault because there's a whole slew of people uh, from HIV advocates to women's rights advocates, feminist legal academics who have all said this is really problematic the way the law of sexual assault is being used here. It's not the right tool and it goes overboard. It's overly punitive. Uh, And actually, if you look at the outcomes for sexual assault prosecutions based on not disclosing HIV, a vast majority of them end up in conviction, and the vast majority of those end up with prison terms, and the prison terms are more than twice as harsh as the prison terms that are imposed for what we normally think of as sexual assault. So we know that HIV stigma is operating here in the criminal justice system, right? Like, we've got plenty of evidence of it. And then we need training, of course, for the actors in the criminal justice system. It seems like a lot of this is common sense. Like, do, do, like you want a common sense yeah, sort of like a bare, apply some straightforward thought? Common well, that's the thing about stigma. Sense, I guess. It's yeah. sticky, right? Like, once yeah. it's in the system, it's there, and so, it's hard to dislodge it. Obviously, this is a complicated issue. It's a complex issue. People still have questions. If people want to find out more about the work that your organization does, this coalition does, is there a place online they can... Yeah, absolutely. They can check out our website, which is aidslaw.ca. And you can look at our oh, page on, on criminalization. Aidslaw.ca. Good job. And they'll take you a lot of links. Great. Thank you very much. Thank, Richard thank Elliott, you. Executive Absolutely. Director of the Canadian HIV AIDS Legal Network. <laughs> um, uh, this was a pretty heavy show, so I thank you all for, for being part of it. Of Cheers. course, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Helps us greatly, costs you nothing. Press the red button. You can check us out on Reverie as, re- as well, reverie.tv. Check us out there as well as all of the, their great LGBTQ content. We're on iTunes as well. If you want to take us on the go, check us out there. And uh, if you like us, please, please support us. Help us keep going so we can have fascinating discussions and great guests like, uh, like Richard. That's on Patreon, patreon.com slash thepointguys. For everything The Point, go to our website, thepointguys.net, and you can let us know what you think about any of the topics we discussed today. Email us at thepointguys at gmail.com. Uh, what is your website, once again? AIDSLaw.ca. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank all of you. We have a new show every Tuesday. So we will see See you next Tuesday. Tuesday on The Point.